Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about Hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. Have you ever used the phrase, hey, can you give me a minute? Can you give me a minute? Generally, we're asking a person for their undivided attention. It is the preparation for a concentrated conversation. It may be long or it may be short. Hey, can you give me a minute? In this hustle, bustle, hurry, worry, scurry world, prayer is a time when we pause, breathe, take a collective deep breath, relax. And it is God saying to me, to you, hey, give me a minute. Prayer is a divine asset in our portfolio that is often underleveraged. Someone has well said that prayer is like an intercontinental ballistic missile, and it reaches all three worlds at once. Prayer goes up to God, it goes out to man, and goes down towards Satan. So when I'm praying, I'm actually worshiping God on high and working for man on earth and warring against the devil's world system. And I've done it all in prayers. That can be audible, that can be inaudible. I want to examine today a most incredible passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, 25. You have it there in your bulletin or you can see it on the screen. It reads this way. He who calls you is faithful. He might do it. Ah, looks like you're listening. No, he who calls you is faithful. He what? He will do it. Now look at the next verse. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Brothers and sisters, pray for us also. Here's a sermon in a sentence. In order for the kingdom of God to be done on earth and his will to be done in our lives, it takes two things. It takes conversation and cooperation with God. Repeat, if the kingdom of God is going to come on earth and his will is going to be done in our lives, it will take two things. Conversations with God and cooperation with God. Prayer is both. It is not one. It's going to take those two 
things. Conversations is when I'm speaking the words that I want to speak to God. Cooperation is when I am submitting to his word. Conversations is when I am speaking my words to God, and he invites us to do that, whether we are feeling good or not. But cooperation is my submitting to his word. Now, it's easy to miss the connective tissue between verse 24 and 25. He is faithful, and he will do it. But the connective tissue after that is, brothers and sisters, pray for us. The fact of the matter is, there are some things that God will do because of his own faithfulness without us. But there are many things that he will not do if we do not pray. That's a hard truth, but it is biblical truth. And that's why Paul connects these two. For example, when I am praying for God to provide through a job, as many of us have done so, it is not enough for me to just converse through words and ask God to help me with a job. I have to cooperate and make the effort to find employers fill out applications, pound the pavement, et cetera, et cetera. It's conversation and cooperation. If I'm asking God to keep me healthy or bless my health, it's not enough for me just to say the words, conversation. I also need to cooperate with God by eating well and sleeping or exercising. You see, it is conversation and cooperation, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Paul connects these two. He is faithful, and he will do it. But brothers and sisters, you have to pray for us. So what I am exhorting all of us to do here in the room and those who are online today is for you to make a concerted, intentional effort to pray for us, not only the leaders of the church in general, but my plea today is that you would pray for us, the preaching team. Pray for us, the preaching team. We need your help. And you can best do that by praying for us. Not just the old guys like me and Eli, but the new or next generation that is coming up we need your prayers. Some of you have been here long enough to remember that our former younger preaching team, Reverend Freddie Albaugh, Isaac Curry, Jessica Morris, those three having moved on to other calls, we now, in the last half of last year, by God's grace, have replenished that team with Reverends Chad Johnson, whom you've heard, Reverend um, Hannah Attaway, whom you've heard, and Reverend uh, Vincent Joplin, whom you've heard, who make up our next generation preaching team. We need your prayers. As we enter into the new age, let me state, that church as we knew it in 2019 
many of those aspects are gone. Not all of them, but many of them are gone. In this post-pandemic age, we need your prayers for God's guidance as to how we move forward. So brothers and sisters, he is faithful and he will do it, but we need your prayers. Two things I want to say, and then I want to bring up our preaching team uh, for a little conversation. The Apostle Paul knew this, that his individual prayers were not always enough. The Apostle Paul, as gifted as he was, as anointed as he was, he knew that his individual prayers were not always enough. Therefore, he said, brothers and sisters, pray for us. In fact, your gifts that God has given you that have made you successful in whatever field you're in, that is not enough. We need other people and we need other people to be praying for us too. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. He knew that his individual prayers were not always enough. And then he knew something else. The Apostle Paul understood that prayer has a boomerang effect. That is, the more I pray for you, the more that I am blessed in turn. It has a boomerang effect. So when you pray for us, you too are blessed. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. All of you have seen the boomerang. Uh, I brought one, but the room is a little too small for me to do it here. So watch this. Like I said, I would have done it in here, but when I practiced it, it was just a little too small for it to actually work. Some of you will catch that on the way home. <laughs> a boomerang effect. Do you know when you pray for the farmer that you in turn are blessed with food? Because my destiny and the farmer's destiny are inextricably connected. When I pray for others, it has a boomerang effect and ends up blessing me too. Do you know when I fly on airplanes, I selfishly do not pray for any of the passengers. I'm only concerned about praying for one person, and that is the pilot. Because if he lands well, I land well. <laughs> because my destiny and the pilot's destiny are inextricably connected. And likewise, in the spiritual realm, when you pray for us, your preaching team, then you too are blessed through spiritual food and nourishment. The apostle recognized he could not do this by himself. He understood that prayer has a boomerang effect. That as I pray for others, I too have my own needs met. All right, I'm going to ask our preaching team if they will take a moment to come down or come up. And uh, let's have 
a little discussion. Huh? It should be good to go? <laughs> Chad said, turn your pack on, Pastor. It should be good to go. All right. It's good to go. Very good. Okay. Thanks. <sighs> Very good. Uh, old guys, huh? Old guys. That's what they call us. OG, they they call it. They call us OGs. I say that that's what they call Eli now. Uh, they call us the OGs. And so, um, you need to know in Presbyterian terms, um, the assistant pastor or teaching elder has the full range of pastoral authority. So Eli and I are associate pastors, technically, that is the congregation elected us. Assistant pastors are appointed, but they have the full range of pastoral responsibility, meaning the ministry of the word they preach and teach, the administration of the sacraments, that is the Lord's Supper and communion. They also officiate life event cycles like weddings and funerals, etc. As well as they specialize in overseeing a particular area of ministry that we depend on them for. And so our assistant pastors uh, do that for us. We need your prayers for them as well. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about them. Some of you already know some things. Many of you online may not have uh, heard, but let me start over here with you, Chad. Uh, just introduce yourself. Give us your name. And Yeah, absolutely. Let me make sure. I know, right? We're good. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me clear some uh, things up real quickly. For those of you guys who are wondering who the Joker is sitting to the right of Eli, because uh, if you're just like, what's going on? I have shaved my face, okay? <laughs> so there, now that you guys are wondering, that's what's been cleared. I, I've been married uh, for roughly 13 years. I've been here at Hope for 17 years. I can count on one hand how many times I've shaved clean like this. So just for clarification, my wife did say, um, you have to grow it back. So it'll be coming back soon. <laughs> Um, so for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Chad Johnson. I have been here at Hope for 17 years. My title, Assistant Pastor, Community Engagement. Good. Now, what is community engagement? Uh, I get to go outside a lot. Woohoo! <laughs> no, community engagement is essentially this. I, I get to represent the heartbeat of Hope, right? Our mission is to engage our unchurched neighbors of every age and ethnicity who experience Jesus. So I get to go out to our neighbors, but also get to work with you guys in the ministries that you're a part of and help equip you to go engage your neighbors so that we can continue to be a church for people who may have given up on uh, church but not on God. And so that's the opportunity that I get to do in my job. Excellent. What excites you about the work? Um, what excites me most is I, I love talking, if you can't tell that. And so um, I like to partner with you guys to actually go out there and share what we do here at Hope. Everything that we love about Hope that we know we get to experience here, we get to go look for those who are lost and searching uh, for a God that they haven't given up on and tell them there's a church for them as well. And so uh, that's what excites me most about my job. Wonderful. All right, sir, introduce yourself. My name is Vincent Joplin. Uh, I'm 45 years old. 
so I guess I'm in between young and old. Depends on what day it is and depending on how my knees feel. Uh, I've been married for, it'll be 19 years um, this, this year to Lauren Joplin, and we have a 16-year-old daughter, and we have a almost four-month-year-old daughter. I'm a, uh, yeah, oh, y'all. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <I> is tired. <laughs> so, uh, but, but, but I love her. Yeah, you're sleeping like a baby, waking Sleep, up every I'm, three I'm hours. I'm sleeping now. Y'all think I'm awake. Yeah. No, no I'm playing. Um, but assistant uh, pastor of spiritual formation. Uh, spiritual formation. That, that's a highfalutin uh, yeah. seminary theological. What in the world does that mean? We like to use all them deep terms. Uh, but once someone enters a relationship with Jesus, then what? Just like my child would play with Play-Doh, we want to help shape them and conform them into the image of Christ. Uh, we would call it discipleship. Not my image, not Hope's image, not a denominational image, but the image of Christ. What excites you about that? Uh, I like to help make the seemingly complicated simple. So people can get intimidated by this or intimidated by these big terms. I want to help simplify where it, it makes sense. Beautiful. Appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. All right, I'm Hannah Attaway. Um, I am the assistant pastor of women's ministry here. Uh, I'm married to Edwin Attaway. We've been married for 19 years. Uh, we have three kids, Delaney, Ella, and Lee. Wonderful. And um, so tell us, uh, what does women's ministry mean? Means if you're a woman, you're my job. So I'm coming for you. Um, it really is about um, helping our, the women of the church fully integrate into the body of Christ here to grow in their knowledge of God and in relationship with one another and find their place serving here as well. Beautiful, but you're not limited to women's ministry. No, you yeah. see as an assistant pastor in the Presbyterian tradition, I have the full range of pastoral responsibilities. I see, I see. <laughs> By the way, I was in Houston visiting my mother, uh, who's recovering from cancer, and um, I got no less than 10 texts about your sermon on last weekend. Amen. Yeah. What excites you about your role? There's nothing on this planet I love more than watching a woman really grasp the idea that God is speaking to her through the word of God, that the, this ancient book um, is God's communication to her in her present situation. Mm. There's just nothing on this world that delights my soul more than that. So. Beautiful. So why do we have a ethnically age and gender diverse preaching team? Very simply, because it is the best way to reach the widest group of people in a pluralistic society. It is very biblical, we believe. In the Bible, there was a plurality of leadership, and the plurality of leadership was in place so that no one person would be elevated too much in pride. There is only one celebrity in the church, and that's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This space does not belong to any of us, but it belongs to Him. And so we have a diverse team uh, for that reason, and we want to reach the widest possible uh, group of people for the sake of the gospel. In fact, the Apostle Paul uh, to the church of Corinth um, guards them by writing this, and it should be on your screen. 
Some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos. Others say, I follow Peter. Or some say, I follow, follow only Christ. Has Christ been divided into factions? That, that's a rhetorical question. Obviously not. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you have believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was who? God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And that is why we have a diverse preaching team. The message is really more important than the messenger. Here's a second and third reason that um, my fellow OG will explain. <laughs> Let me say something about these folks too, yeah. that we've found out to be true. These are incredible people. And we, we didn't have some slots that we needed to fill, and so we just filled them. Um, those slots wouldn't have been filled if they weren't the right people. So Amen. I celebrate um, these brothers and this sister. They're unbelievable. Here's the second reason. Amen. Yes. Why do we do this? Well, it's logical. There are 209 Saturday and Sunday preaching opportunities in a given calendar year here at Hope Church. And that, that number does not uh, even include our, our Wednesday teachings, uh, funerals, weddings, and so on, so on and so forth. Generally, Pastor Rufus does 50% of the weekend preaching. I do some 30%. It's not possible for both of us to achieve our highest and our best without the help of, of a preaching team. So it's, it's very logical. Here's the third reason. It provides quality time. In, in addition to preaching and teaching, uh, my colleagues here have other leadership responsibilities and visitation and crisis management and, and counseling responsibilities. So with a team of communicators, we have more time to fulfill our other important pastoral and familial duties as well. Mm -hmm. This past th Thursday, my baby girl, Lindsay, delivered a baby boy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Her first child and our sixth grandchild. Now, I don't know if you know about this, but we didn't know when that baby was coming. We had no idea, so I asked one of our pastors to be on standby to handle a funeral on Friday, if needed. And another pastor to have a sermon locked and loaded for the stirring on Sunday night, if needed. Yeah. I got it, by the okay, way. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> Folks, that is a tremendous blessing. It's not only a blessing to us, but frankly, uh, it's a great blessing to you uh, as well, because God's got a good work here, and it takes a team. Amen. Very good. So, uh, Reverend Chad, what are your, um, some of your hobbies? I know you are a runner. You ran uh, in college. Is that your only hobby? <laughs> uh, well, I have three kids, so eight, five, and uh, just over a year. So they keep me running, so I, I don't get to run as much as I used to. Um, but mainly, I'm helping coach their sports uh, as well. But I, I love a good book. So if you have any good book options, I, that's my hobby. I love to just dig my nose in a book. Great. Um, and what is your hobby, Reverend Vincent? I like going to the gym. Uh, my private life, I'm a goat herder. I love goats. 
Uh, now, I'll tell you about that. When I was 13, I used to help give birth to goats in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. But just love working out. That's my time. <laughs> Got you. Hobby. These guys chose reading and working out for their hobbies. I'm, I'm, I'm not that good of a person. Um, I'm actually a huge geek. Um, so Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel. Love what they're doing with Marvel, y'all. I've watched all the miniseries and all the other things. DC, I keep hoping we'll get their act together because uh, I'm really a Batman, Superman girl at heart. Um, also Doctor Who, but only when Stephen Moffat was writing it. So anything geeky. Like I haven't been to Comic-Con but I really want to go to Comic-Con, which I think might be worse than actually going to Comic-Con. Um, but I also, to balance that out, I also really love watching football. So I like to watch things instead of do things, I guess. Interesting. <laughs> and your favorite team? Alabama Crimson Tide. War Roll Eagle. Tide, y'all. No, Roll no. Tide. Roll Tide. That's Roll right. Tide. That's right. Gotcha. Um, Lassa, let me ask you. Uh, well, let me start over here with you. What, what do you want the congregation to know about you? You're not alone, and that I'm gonna walk with you. Um, it's, it's possible that you can come into a setting like this and feel like, how do, I, how do I do this? And I just want you to know that you are not alone, that I wanna walk with you. Uh, we're gonna walk together. I want us to grow together. I want us to go together. That's not a cliche. Good. What do you want, bless you. What do you want the congregation to know about you? Um, I consider it really just, um, the sweetest of privileges, that I get to be a tiny part of your story. So if you're debating whether I should email Hannah, whether I should call Hannah, whether I should text Hannah, please do it um, because it's just, there's nothing I delight in more than helping people take one step closer to Jesus. Um, so if you're debating whether you should do that, please do. I welcome it and desire it greatly. Wonderful. Um, as some of you guys know, I've been here for 17 years, and so I, I need you guys to know this, that I genuinely feel like this is my family, mm -hmm. you all. Um, found my wife here, my kids are growing up here, and so when I engage with you guys, it's not uh, from one position or another, I feel like you're my faith family, and I enjoy hearing your faith stories, uh, but even more so, I enjoy partnering with you to show how your story wants to be used by God so that others know that this story exists for them as well. Bless you. Well, prayer builds a wall of fire around the object of your concern. And when you are praying for us, it is building a wall of fire, wall of protection around. And the apostle reminds us that prayer, even as gifted as he was, he understood that his individual prayers were not always enough and that prayer has a boomerang effect because it blesses you as well. And so I'll close with this and then I'll ask uh, two of our elders um, if they will come up and pray for us. Um, yeah, you can start making your way up uh, if you're here. Um, remember the sermon in a sentence. If the kingdom of God is going to come on earth and the will of God is going to be done in our lives, it is going to take two things. Conversation with God and cooperation with God. And so I want you to pray for us and then we're going to do that this morning. 
we'll do that vicariously through our couple of elders. Come on, if you would. Sandy Brody and Roosevelt Allen, they're going to pray for us. And as we customarily do, uh, if you will stretch forth your hand, if you can, toward us on the stage. Uh, wait, wait, wait till they start praying, because sometimes they can, <laughs> yeah. Stretch forth your hand. Now, if they are too long, take down one hand and put up the other one. If they are still praying, you can pull back, all right, about halfway um, in that regard. So thank you, Elder Sandy and Elder Roosevelt, for praying for us. You may stretch forth your hand. Would you bow, please, and pray with me? Father, we are so very thankful to you today because we have just witnessed the fulfillment of your promise to provide shepherds for your flock. So now, along with our praise to you, we bring these requests as a covering for Pastor Rufus and Pastor Eli. We know that you hear and that you will answer. And so we ask for a fresh and new anointing of your spirit as they devote themselves to prayer and God's word. We ask that each word and each that they would each have spiritual discernment and sensitivity to what is pleasing to you and that each would receive God's grace when they are tempted to be too hard on themselves. And may they do and say everything only for your glory, which will keep pride and the evil one from them. And Father, may we as members of this body recommit to our promise to pray for these who has shepherd and lead us. It's in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ that we offer our prayers. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning full of thankful hearts for our pastors. We lift up in prayer Hannah Attaway, Chad Johnson, and Vincent Joblin. You have anointed them with your presence and filled each of them with the Holy Spirit to bring your words to this congregation. You have blessed each of them with unique gifts and talents that enrich their ministry and bless our church. So Father, show them the way, give them your vision, grant them your clarity, and, and also Father, give them the boldness to step out in faith to serve this congregation. Father, only you know what tomorrow will bring, and only you know what the demands will be. We pray you give our pastors what is needed, just when it's needed. Help them not to grow weary and well-doing or to fall away, but provide grace upon grace. Give them restful minds and peaceful heart. Finally, Father God, we give you praise and thanks for what you have done, what you will do in and through our pastors on this day forevermore. In the holy name of our Lord and Savior Christ, Jesus Christ, we ask this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openizen, musical worship director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.